Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Everybody to Supernatural the Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me today is Ryan Denton. Hi. And Michael Flores. <laughs> and today we're talking about Supernatural Season 13, Episode 22, Exodus. And in this episode, we've got a lot of different things to talk about. We've got the second unfortunate and untimely death of Gabriel. We've got the return of Catch. We've got a second version of Charlie. We've got Another version of Bobby that's even a little bit different than what we thought about Apocalypse Bobby in the beginning. We've got evil Castiel. Ooh. We've got Lucifer being the highlight of the episode, I think, in many respects. Not just from Mark Pellegrino's acting as usual, but what they are doing with him as a character, what they have slowly built up to, yeah. and what they are taking. It's interesting because they're taking the main concept of that father-son dynamic that has been a cornerstone of Supernatural. Mm -hmm. And they're directly applying it to a villain in this one, the villain in this episode. And we see it come to light in a lot of different ways. A lot of little nuances to his character and how he's portrayed by Mark Pellegrino gives us a big insight and begs a lot of questions as we move into the season finale for season 13. Just one episode left after this discussion. Now, what does all of that mean for this season as a whole so far? It, it's a little tough to say. There's still a lot of moving parts. There's still a lot of guesswork to be done. We've got the finale left, which after Dab's season 12 finale, where we thought we were going one way with something, and then we get, get a completely different amount of pain and death that we hadn't been used to for years. Mm-hmm. You can go into this season 13 finale a little bit fearful. Would that be the right word? I mean, that's how I'm going into it, at least. Yeah. Because yeah. I think people are going to fucking die. <laughs> I think you're right. I think this is going to be... Uh, they're going to pull on the heartstrings, for sure. I, I think they need to. In a season that has had so many people return, we can't really know what is going to happen, who's safe, who can come back, but, but we do know that they're now, at least in the world where Billy Death is very much aware of their surroundings and what they're doing, and we don't really know what this will ultimately turn out to be, if this will be a great a grand epic if it's going to feel more a little bit like fan fiction we're not certain it's 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 interesting i think and i'm excited to see it i'm terrified to see what they're going to do i thought things were going to get much darker this episode but still we got the death of gabriel that's depressing enough as it is only time will tell we've got one episode left he took it right in the gut too right in the gut yeah again 
for the second time. And we're then soon going to be upon Helatus, and that's going to suck as it always does. Don't even remind me. I just did. You're welcome. You're. I like to ruin your day, Ryan. You're a dick. That's what helps me get through my day. Now, (laughs) Lucifer being the main element, I think, in this episode, I think it's hard to not argue that has been laid out since perhaps the beginning of season 12. If you want to talk about his shift in personality, his shift in what he wanted out of life or his complete lack of interest in life, all stemming around his son. And we've been slowly planting these seeds of redemption for him in some way, maybe not in a way that everyone will like, not in a way that everyone will accept necessarily, but you don't have to like a character for their redemption arc to be complete and for that to be a good character arc for them as a whole. Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't have to agree Mm -hmm. with the actions of a character from the past in order to accept what they're working on in terms of redemption. And and that's because that's exactly what they're working with. That's what they've been Mm -hmm. working for two years. That's the reason why three years, even with, uh, with bringing God and Lucifer face to face and the, and the heart to heart, the conversation they had, they have been working on this plan for quite some time. It's taken them some time to get there, but that's definitely what they're working towards. And Lucifer or, or the use of Jack is what they're utilizing and i feel mm-hmm. like that was probably an easier decision for them to use to make rather than keeping chuck around if you kept chuck around to do this it would create all types all of kinds of questions well, why is there any threat yeah people people forget that the whole redemption angle um it, it doesn't have to be about a. you don't have to like the character it doesn't have to be well, sometimes it's better if we don't. Yeah, if you don't, it, it makes that redemption coming full circle that much more meaningful. And, uh, you know, is there a genuinely good person that right. redeems themselves to be a still good person? It's like, oh, it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. But when you take the person that you absolutely hate and you give them a redeeming quality, a la Jamie Lannister. Good example. Um, now you've now you've turned a character that I'll be honest, I hated in the beginning, and now I'm like, oh man, I kind of like this fucking guy. And yeah. it's like, and I think with Lucifer, we we're always on the edge with that character, anyways, by design, by design. Naturally. And I think that's that's what makes this one so much more fun. It makes it more interesting to watch. Yes, piggybacking off of your statement there, Mike, the idea of having Chuck around would make why is there a threat? We already kind of know how Chuck feels about Lucifer. There's never going to be anything that really will change to have any dramatic impact. But by having Jack be this character that fills that role Mm. of still very impressive power level, but also is naive, has a desire and innate biological want to have a relationship with Lucifer for good or ill. And is because of that naivety able to be manipulated in a way Mm -hmm. that Chuck never would be. It makes it more interesting because for every bit we watch of him trying to redeem himself, it comes with, okay, is he really, is he being sincere or is this him manipulating Jack and us? And with Jack, you want the best for him. We like this character, but we also don't trust Lucifer. So we want him to have this relationship with his dad, but not really at the same time it's it's it makes conflict within yourself and that's the cool thing that they're doing with lucifer is they are in fact portraying him as being sincere i think that's a given at this point especially with the tear that nobody saw there's no reason to make him cry when nobody's seen it except the audience so they are playing with that he is sincere 
But that doesn't mean he isn't manipulative because every word he said to Jack is manipulative. It doesn't Absolutely. mean it's not true, the, the, but the way yeah. it's said. But that's said, the best part about Lucifer, and, that he never has to lie. And that's the cool thing they did, meaning they took what we didn't expect, but still stayed true to who Lucifer is. And that's the, you have, that's so crucial when you're dealing with a character like Lucifer, the father of lies, the manipulator, and you want to do this little story arc with him to make him have a little bit of a redemption story, sincere, you know, turn us on our heads a bit. You got to still main, maintain. You got to, you got to, you got to stay true to the personality of who this character is because you're not just dealing with a character that you introduced us to for 13, 14 years ago. The idea of Lucifer, you're taking a character that's known through Christian mythology as this manipulator and if you were literature. to try to change it uh, it, w- it just wouldn't really work well and i think that's the thing that it's it's one of the things that i've said repeatedly about why i like this interpretation of lucifer so much because the being true evil and fire and brimstone why would anyone want to do anything evil then it has no incentive if you think you're truly doing wrong however one thing that this version has done very well that is very true to uh, Milton's Paradise Lost is that the snake in the garden. The I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth. Well, that's, and you are. It's it's what you want to hear, and it's what he wants out of you at the same time. That's Lucifer in a nutshell, though. It's dude. great. It, it, it's it, it's you're watching him talk to a character that doesn't know any of the stories besides what he's heard or mm-hmm. read, and he he doesn't know. He's naive, and I think that's why this whole scene where he's talking to jack the is, interaction with it, the interaction with him is is so important for his character because it's it's showing lucifer be lucifer yeah even though like w- there might be some sincerity in some of the things that he says for the most part that's lucifer being lucifer and i think that's what the whole time you're sitting there like man is he being real or and, is and he- there lies the risk he, yeah and, and that's what makes it all the more interesting to watch because he may be sincere, as you said, Mike, but that doesn't mean he won't screw everyone over still yeah. <laughs> and be like he always has been. They're leading us up to a moment where he'll have to make a decision of some sort of change that will either, I think, quote, redeem him mm-hmm. or forever condemn him. And we'll get into that a little bit, but all of that is going to feed into Jack's decision making and it has to be where we take the season finale as a whole. Now, before we get into that discussion, because that's going to be quite a long one, we do have news as always. And unfortunately, it is a little bit of sad news that Wayward Sisters has not been picked up by the CW as a spinoff show. It was announced a couple of days ago that they are passing on it with not a lot of reasons given as to why they didn't want to pick it up. There's never anything specifically said. However, it's it's television yep. and this isn't unheard of while it is disappointing there's probably things that we're not privy to it always comes down to greed it always comes down to numbers anybody who's worked in a corporate office of any kind it's all about understands making money, that they will make relative not not saying the cw not calling out shots here but anybody any business will no. make relatively bad fucking decisions to save a dollar or if they don't see the inherent value in it upfront even if it's an investment even if uh, see, there is the money that could be made down the road a lot of times businesses will be like man eh, it's not worth it 
I, I, what I don't understand is like, how do shows like Dynasty and Riverdale, Riverdale, and like the, get picked up, I, I and then know. stuff that could possibly do really well gets poo pooed on? I think, uh-huh. and I'm not going to say I have any inside information. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. No, I. Uh-huh. No. Wink, 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 wink. No, come on. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Supernatural wink. has been air quotes on its way out for years. We've seen this. Pedowitz keeps the show as a novelty and possibly a smidget of loyalty. But other than that, the network is going in a different direction. It has been. Since uh, and to, to be honest, we are an aging demo. If you, if you look at a lot. Sucks to be you, and, and it happens. Younger than you. I know that's why I said that. And it happens with a show that's been on for 13 years, going on 14 years, and not saying they haven't brought in new blood. They absolutely have. But for the most part, the bulk of the fan base is an aging demo. It's been established. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Wayward Sisters couldn't bring in a new and younger audience. It really could, especially with the cast they had lined up. But why not stick the game? Why not stick to the game plan they have already? that the men with calculators tells them will work for the long game. And that's how executives make decisions. I think it just comes down to demo. Like, yes, absolutely. Wayward sisters can bring in that younger demo, but looking at even the petition, the petition that's out there, what mm-hmm. I, which I'm going to definitely, we need to get out there and we'll tweet it out there in a moment and put it on our, on our Facebook page after the show. But I mean, three days later and we have only 50,000 signatures, not quite. That's what we need. I mean, maybe if we got those signatures to about 150 or 203 days, that would be a good something. That would be a good measurement for the smart guys in glasses to tally and see if they could actually equate this to a true built-in audience. Because that was that's the whole point of this backdoor pilot. Is there a built-in audience? I don't think the built-in audience for Wayward Sisters is as big as we think it is based on social media social numbers. Media, yep. And that's just the sad facts. I'm, it's a reality I'm, that we don't always want to face. I would be, I'm 100% on board with this spinoff. You have to have the stronger, younger demo up front. So I, I feel like there's just a lot of unknown variables for the executives, unfortunately. I mean, you take a show like Black Lightning on the CW, and yes, the main guy is an older dude. He's closing in on 50, yeah. and he's the he is the, the, the star, but his supporting mm-hmm. is younger. his two young daughters. Yeah. Well, not just that. You look at what did get picked up, and that's Riverdale. Yeah, and also the the, the Charmed reboot. Look it's, at the demo. Yeah. The downfall of the network is to have a similar demo of their competition. And they're... Because you split your, your audience. Right, and the CW's only upper hand they have over all these other networks is the fact that they cater predominantly to, to, younger the, to the younger demographic. I, I think the one thing that you pointed out, Mike, that was the most important is that people take social media so seriously and they see these things and they see these hashtags pop up and they think, oh, my God, there's such a there's such a fan base for this. And you don't realize that that reach isn't as much as you think it is. It really and, is. And I it's think, loud. You know, That's it, the difference. here's a difference. OK, here, guys, I could get 50,000 people on board and if they're all on it and, and you could go on Twitter and if you, those people that's scream, not enough to sustain if 50,000 people scream at a hundred thousand level, it's still 50,000 people. And yep. I think that's what people don't understand with, with social media nowadays is because social media runs everything that we do almost. 
it's news articles are literally about what's trending. Yes. And, and I think that's the problem is that when people looked at this and said, how did this not get picked up? There was so much, you know, love for it. wayward is AF, you know, like everyone was so excited for it. And you really boil it down into numbers. It probably wasn't as loud as everyone thinks it was. Well, and and the I fact think that's, that's the problem. That's the only reason they wouldn't pick up a show. Because if a show is as loud as we believe it is, if it does have the built-in audience that it wants, and the numbers are there, I, they're going to pick it up. I have a great example. Social uh, media is inaccurate. You, yes, cannot, is. you cannot gauge the success of a show. Of ha- has it saved shows? Absolutely. Yeah, I have a great example of that. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine got canceled and immediately there were five studios like we want this because people were outraged at Fox. So I think it does have some validity. Absolutely. I think it just has to be the right thing. You you can't overestimate that. Put this into perspective. All right, guys, Thomas and Ryan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jared Jensen, Kim Rhodes, Richard Spate, Ruth Connell have all tweeted and retweeted the petition. And in three days, we still only have 50,000 signatures. Yeah. Like yeah. how many followers do they have combined? It's got to be ridiculous. I'm disappointed in that number. Yeah. I'm baffled because I yeah. felt like there was a bigger following. There was a bigger enthusiasm. But we find out that it's just because it's loud doesn't mean it's predominant. And that's probably what the executives saw. They're like, well, you know what? We see it. You guys are trending. When when the episode aired, but what does trending actually mean? I can trend. I've trended off my interviews. You know, my James mm-hmm. Purefoy interviews, my John Worth interviews. I've trended for you know upwards of forty five minutes to two hours. It just it's just all algorithms. It's, algorithm. it's very yep. hard. It's it's a it, social media is a tricky beast. And I think ultimately, it's a combination of what you just said, Mike, and th- the idea that if the numbers were there, they'd have no reason not to pick it up unfortunately whether we on a face reality or not we are an aging demographic and all of the actors retweeted it and shared it and we're still not quite at 50,000 in it, are three you days. looking at it right now i am looking at the petition so, right now 47,468 so yeah. what's the what, what's the overall that, that should tell us uh, unfortunately where things are at by all of them millions shit <laughs> you, you just i think the biggest mistake is judging things by social media look look at and i don't want to get political but Jesus. this is a good example thomas you i know where you're going look at hillary clinton everybody thought hillary clinton was going to win the up. election no because question. social media was ablaze with pro hillary clinton but social media and it's twitter everyone does not represent the bigger pie Dude, so think about this jensen alone has 2.6 million followers I honestly hope people are upfront is on Thursday. So we have until Thursday to get this push through. So honestly, sign the petition and also send a letter to the CW. I'm going to post both links. I actually did. I wrote a letter. It was a silly letter. I saw it. (laughs) You know, I put a little bit of back to back to the future references in there just so I can have a good time while I'm doing it. But I think that's what you need to do. Sign the petition and then also send them an actual email or call them so that they know there are real people out there, not just bots picking yes. up on hashtags. Be a, be a real person for this and don't just depend on the noise. Yeah, because I, I do want this to happen. I want a fucking spinoff. We have been crying for a spinoff, Thomas, for Since, going on five years. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like this could have been really great. It's a solid concept with some solid talent. 
Uh, the actress that played Kaya is amazing. Mm-hmm. She is really good. Kim Rhodes is fantastic. And yeah, we can't say Brianna Buckmaster is just awesome in the role. I mean, the buildup of season thir- that we had towards the, the backdoor half of pilot. season 13 was fantastic because of the backdoor pilot for Wayward Sisters. And to me, that's the biggest sadness of the entire thing. The yeah. biggest sad face of this entire <laughs> thing of Wayward Sisters not being picked up is that we spent half of season 13 building up the Wayward Sisters. And then it didn't even Ultimately get for up. nothing. And now, in retrospect, you look back at season 13, you're going to be like, wow, they did all this work. What was that about? And we're like, hmm, it served nothing. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. And I, I hope we can get it pushed through. I really do. Now, again, we are going to have the petition on our Facebook page and where you're going to share it on Twitter and all that stuff. So if you guys have not yet signed it, make sure to do so. Share that with others. Do what you can. Let's do what we can. Because you're right, Mike. We've wanted this for. We've wanted a spinoff show for years now. We might as you got to give it everything you can on. And you got to give it a chance. And and the fans that are negative about this because they think it's an agenda soapbox piece, you know, following the trend of you know leading women. Mm-hmm. I mean, give it a chance. You're, you're basing your opinions on a single backdoor. Pilot. Give it a season and see what we see what happens. Honestly, I feel like it would have ended up being really good because I'm pretty certain Barons was going to end up being the showrunner of that show. Yeah. Yep. And Barron's writes all the best episodes, period. Yep. So if you have that man in control... It would have been dope. It would have been fucking dope. Yep. Give it a chance. Give it a chance! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I was bummed. Yeah, dude, who wasn't bummed? I mean... Fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is funny, though, some of the, the people, because some, you know, just like me, I'm one of those people... We get really emotional, and it's funny how some of the the wayward fandom acted. They talk like they're John Gotti. I was laughing at some of the the tweets. Mm-hmm. Please tell me you wrote some down. Like that. they're going to regret this. I'm like, what? Like, whoa, that, like, that threat. They, wow. they, they, they better watch out. They don't know who they're messing with. Like, I know where they live. Did you, Wait, did you at least look at the people that were tweeting that? Like, did they look like they could do something? Or they I, lo- I just thought it was funny. Come these ship. These people are fucking just hardcore. A picture of a person with a ski mask. Don't on. fuck with the wayward <laughs> fandom. Holy shit, Dude. they're going John Gotti on people. Yeah. I think that's why Brianna Buckmaster came out and said, "Let's be polite." Uh, yeah, because otherwise it's going to be a souls. mob. I will fucking come after your children. I'm going to kill every one of your family, Dad. All right, all right, let's d- dial it down, guys. I will stab you with an angel blade. I'm going to cut off your genitals and make <laughs> you eat them. Jesus Christ. Oh, wait. Violent, apparently. You will drop the soap and I will... Oh, Whoa, okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> those, che- those tweets were actually all mine. It's all oh, just my speed. Jesus. He has like a he has a, way, a wayward SPN. Uh, it's his other Twitter handle. Yeah. yeah. Wayward as fuck, dude. Wayward as fuck, Mike. <laughs> All right, guys. Don't judge. Don't judge. Also, do not forget that we have just released a new discussion on our Patreon page, mm. a companion episode to last week's episode, centered around the question, should an entire season of Supernatural take place in an alternate universe? Also, in our efforts to deliver this sh- and keep this ship afloat, all while delivering more content and adding more value to our upper tiers, we're adding another tier to our Patreon, which will be available starting in June, oh. and that is the Cinematography of Supernatural. For just $2 a month, it is an interpretive discussion on select scenes, shots, sequence, and sequences from Supernatural, and possibly other TV shows, so subscribers can expect a minimum of one or more shows a month. 
Plus, if you are on any of the other tiers above that, you will get this in addition. And if you're on a dollar tier, it'll be just one more. If you wanted to get this, you'll get additional episodes every month. So if you're interested in any of that, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. And Thomas, Mm. because the Wayward Sisters show did not get picked up, and if it doesn't get pushed through by Thursday, anyone that has pledged for that Wayward Sisters discussion tier, Mm -hmm. what we'll do for them... Make some changes. Is What we'll do is we'll add some specialty discussions centered around Mm. the main show. If Wayward Sisters still doesn't get picked up, so they're still going to receive supernatural content. No, you're not going to be out money on that, if you guys are a member of that. So... Remember, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital for that. You're not going to lose anything if you're a member of the Wayward Sisters. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our discussion of episode 22, Exodus. Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rainman Digital from your iTunes app store or Google Play. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. But what he did was he put his fist up in the air and started screaming yes. uncontrollably. No joke. Like a child? <laughs> yes. Like a child. How old was this guy? Like if he, he was probably 30 years he's old. my age. Maybe. Yeah. He, he screamed like Chris Evans actually showed up in the action. <laughs> like if Chris Evans actually showed up in a theater, dude. Like that, that, that is not an exaggeration. Yeah. What did you what? think yes. was going to happen? And then when Thor shows up. <laughs> That's terrible. Shit. And, right. Yeah, I, I expect nonsense like this during regular screenings. Yeah. Yes, when I saw Fate of the Furious, I not expect professional that. industry event, like a red carpet premiere. <laughs> This is the kind of excitement you have, Thomas, <laughs> when you fucking have sex. That sex sounds right there. Yeah. Like, like oh, you have the best sex of your life. Chicken, the best sex of your life deserves maybe half that. All right. Yeah. The, first time, the first time I had sex with Maggie. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30. Because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. 
the first the opening, opening scene. minutes. The first one. Come on. Yeah. The whole teaser was one big sexual innuendo. Impotence joke. I love it. It works. Yeah, it was great. And so I, I honestly felt for a half second there that Ryan was a guest spot for the writing room. Yeah. Just because of that in this episode. The dick jokes, the that's, Rowena. And that's Gabriel. why he's not here. Because he was actually working. He was in Vancouver. <laughs> he was working on this episode. We all go Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural, The Crossroads. Now we're going to get into our discussion of episode 22, Exodus. Ryan, do you have a synopsis for us? I sure do. Sam and Dean devise a plan that will save innocent lives. Meanwhile, Jack continues to wrestle with the consequences of his decisions. Now, that's vague. I think the main element that anybody would have taken away from this episode was that Lucifer was the, easily the most interesting aspect of this episode. Well, yeah. I mean, it kind of had to be that way, right? It, it did. It did. After all the buildup of halfway through season 12, wanting to have a kid, wanting to, to have that be a thing where yeah. he would be the father figure, where he would have something that would love him unconditionally. That has been in the works since the mid season finale of season 12 and it's weird, though, because we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, that after all these years, Lucifer has somehow managed to be the most powerful, the most important, the most influential character in the show because of his relationship to Jack and the relationship he has to Michael in some ways. And the decision he has left to make with only one episode remaining, what we will see him do. Sam and Dean, while we love them and they're always going to be the crux of the show, what they have to say and what they do in the next episode, or at least in this one, wasn't as relevant. Well, it's, and that's the thing. I think this is the first time we we see Lucifer with his son. And I think that... It Which ha- we knew we'd get a different well, version. All right. And I think this is what... This is should have been the focal point. I mean, yes... Sam and Dean, the whole entire show is about them. But at the end of the day, this episode had to be about them interacting with each other because this is the first time we've seen it. Mm-hmm. And with the fact that we know that Jack is supposedly stronger than Lucifer. So, or at least will grow to be. Yeah. Or, much yeah. More so powerful. I think this, yeah. plus knowing what we know about Lucifer and just the character that we've seen, obviously not any of the lore that we know about with Lucifer in general, air quotes, mm-hmm. you know, um, but also the fact that Lucifer in general with the show's version of it, what we know about him. So seeing them interact with each other, it kind of had to be at the forefront of this episode. It, Absolutely. It, and I think they did a really good job. And, and like we talk about it all the time, but Mark Pellegrino is pretty an amazing. amazing actor. Yeah. And yeah. And you know what? And it makes sense on so many levels that after all these years, Lucifer manages to emerge as the most important part of the story. And even though Lucifer only had a few seasons in the earlier seasons or a few scenes scenes in the early seasons, this influence has always been felt. And yes, there's been various moments throughout this season that the writers, it felt like the writers were kind of stutter stepping and they weren't quite sure what they were going to do with his arc and if it was actually going to be brought to the forefront and be important. But to see that importance actually come through in this episode, it worked. I feel like they could have got there a little sooner. They think they could have, yes. Yeah, but now that the writers have thrown everything on his shoulders, you know, Lucifer's next few decisions is going to decide the fate of many of the show's heroes. Well, and that's that's what I was saying to Ryan, is that Sam and Dean's actions in this episode and potentially the next few don't matter as much. 
It's Lucifer who I is. I disagree. In this episode, it, their, his action is what will determine the fate of these characters. You, you mean you just said it yourself. The uh, fact that he. That's not what I mean. I mean, I, I do think that he, the weight is on his shoulders. Yes. But that doesn't mean Sam and Dean aren't going to play a part. No, I'm not saying they're not going to play a part, but how he makes the end shot we have here of this episode and that face he has, the decision is on him. He he kind of switches from an antagonist to a protagonist in the aspect of we're following his story and the decisions he makes at that moment will have greater impact on our characters at a whole than them just deciding to jump through the portal. Now, except arguably Sam and how he ended this episode. And, and, and I want to talk about the ending because that, that is where you see Lucifer almost have that weird change where it's like, do I want to be a bad guy anymore? Do I want to be a good guy anymore? What do I want to do here? And I think when, when Michael asked that question of him, you know, do we have a deal? You can see on his face, he's like, well, you know, which led me to think, especially the face that he had, it was totally questioning, do I want to do this or not? Well, and we said earlier that he's, the big question has been with Lucifer and his son, is he sincere in his want to have a relationship with him? Is it truly that he wants to feel loved in some capacity, something he doesn't feel like he's ever gotten from heaven or hell or his father or humanity as a whole, that they weren't worth his time? But now he wants something more and he does seem sincere. He does seem genuine and he understands that the decision he makes with Michael there will impact that in a way that he wasn't anticipating. He doesn't want to lose his son in that way. He kind of has this fear going through the whole episode and people like Gabriel and Sam and Dean and Cass all bring it up that he'll eventually kind of push Jack away by understanding who Lucifer truly is. Mary says as much to Dean. Well, the reason that the idea that he's now forced to make this decision that'll push his son away. Well, I think the thing that, that I, and we had said this, gosh, a couple episodes ago that if they're going to do some type of redeeming quality for, to Lucifer, then maybe what if this is a, what if he does take that deal, but it's as like a double agent type, maneuver a betrayal yes and i because that's what we're used to with lucifer anyways is any type of betrayal at the at the easiest point what if this whole deal is to bring michael over through the rift and now jack can actually kill him and that was the whole point of him saying hey i can get him here and now jack can take care of it almost like a hey this is playing the you know the double agent card it obviously does feel like a risky move but it wouldn't be entirely unheard of right i mean since about season 11, since Lucifer has returned, Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner have been at the forefront of his episodes, his pivotal episodes. When he returned in the cage, the POTUS episode, whether we like that one or not, some of his interactions with God and that family dynamic coming into play, and even this episode here, they have been drawing inspiration across the board from many stories within pop culture where the villain is a creation of the hero in that Lucifer and, and, and some of the decisions Lucifer wants to make, he's not exactly a bad guy anymore. It's weird because he, he was originally in Kripke's day personified as this ultimate villain. And that's what it was intended to be. That was a whole point. But in order to have him be any relevant in order for him to be interesting, we had to move beyond that 
kind of cookie cutter example and have him be more some of the actions of god is what has created lucifer the character we know he calls that out in this episode in his traditional way of what exactly castiel did i do while i was in the cage how was i directly responsible for, for all these, these things, things. Yeah. now 100 percent, that is his manipulation but he's also got some logic to there's that. a good point to that i mean what could he possibly have done i mean yeah he could there was a crack he could whisper through the crack sam and dean and castiel are going to be the reason the, the problem they're going to be the problem. Yeah. That was very clear. And not because they're bad people. They're playing on, and you were getting, you were getting there, Thomas, mm-hmm. about they're playing with the inspirations drawn from Gothic novels where you have an, an easy example would be the Lex Luthor and Superman. The parallel is clear where you have a hero so distrustful of a potential threat that he inadvertently creates his own villain by continually rejecting and or refusing to to accept that the person is sincere. And this is exactly what we saw this week. Mm-hmm. We've kept asking repeatedly whether or not Lucifer is sincere. The tears in his eyes is a dead giveaway. He's remorseful and he wants to be accepted. But yep. it's all about his son. Right. And that's the good thing. And you you brought up a great point because I didn't even notice that. But you're right. Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner has pretty much tackled every Lucifer-centric Lucifer, episode. yeah. And for the most part, they have been working and drawing those inspirations from the gothic novels. And it's not the stories of the anti-hero per se, but it's the stories of those heroes that have inner demons that are trying to be something different. But they just... Fighting against their own nature. Yeah. And that's very much what they're doing with Lucifer. From a literature standpoint, he is fighting against his very nature to try and be something better. The idea, like you said, about Lex Luthor and Superman... Sam, Cass, and Dean for want to do something good out of the desire to protect Jack and save the world. Sam, more than anybody at the end of this episode, created the the villain that potentially has created a villain in Jack by what they did with Lucifer. The idea that we want to save you from what he will do, how he will poison your mind, and therefore pushing and taking the decision away from Jack to make up his mind. Right treating him as less than that he's incompetent or naive will come back to bite them in a lot of ways. It's a bummer because they're all speaking from firsthand experience of dealing with Lucifer. Yeah. They're justified. They're justified, justified, but he doesn't know that. No. And and I think the, the, the thing, the way they should attack this is, is, is let this happen. Let him push him away. Let, let, let it take its Let own it, course. Yeah. Do not force its hand because they will ruin yep. Lucifer will ruin it himself. Yep. He, given he, the time. And I think, you know, like you said, Mike, they're justified in their actions of, of how they are reacting to this. I just think that they're going to end up causing the problem. Yes. Yep. Sam exactly. leaving Lucifer behind purposely. Thing. That's going to be a big thing. That's going to yep. bite them all in the ass. Right. Not even the ass in the balls. Yeah. It's going to bite them in the balls. Ooh, that might feel good, though. No, a not little like, nib- like a, maybe bad a nibble, one. a little nibble, no, 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 like no, no, just no. the front teeth, just a little, uh, no, like a hard chomp. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no I'm not into that. I'm exactly. Not in. That's what's going to happen. But because <laughs> Lucifer, whether or not he, you like that, he used to be this evil villain version. And now he's more humanized as a result of seasons 12, 11 and 12. They've kept him pretty true to his character. And his biggest thing is that he wants not just worship like Gabriel said, but deep down he wants acceptance. He wants, it's Crowley. He wants to be loved. 
being accepted for who he is, which is something very true to Jack's current nature. And that's where it's going to bite them in the ass, because if they couldn't trust or accept Lucifer for who he was when he was being sincere, then Jack can easily draw the parallel. They will do the same to me, given the opportunity, or if I go too far, which I've already made mistakes. How many mistakes before they do the same thing to me? And that's what's going to create the problem. That rejection of Lucifer entirely will create the villain in Jack. It's it's very shitty for our heroes at this time because, again, they think they're doing the right thing. But, but Jack, why wouldn't you think Dean, Dean and Sam would easily say the same thing and do the same thing to me? Because he is so naive, he doesn't know any better. All he saw was his father trying to be genuine, sincere, and help people. And Sam pushed him through and left him to die. And we can look to, again, gothic literature as a way to understand what's going on internally with Lucifer because it's very evident that's where they're deriving this inspiration. Uh, for example, the fallen hero in gothic literature is the potential for this direction that they're taking with Lucifer. Uh, if you look at Lord Byron, a romantic author, he pushed the bounds of this type of anti-hero. And I put that in air quotes because I'm not going to call him an anti-hero, but they are playing with a version of that. From the literature standpoint, not yes. like an actual hero. Yeah, so I wouldn't yeah. go as far as saying he's an anti-hero because he's da, 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 da. not. But they are pulling from that archetype. And in keeping with most of those gothic aesthetics, the appeal of the fallen hero was that he played by his own rules, a rebel with his own cause, which is what Lucifer is to a T. Yeah. And it's not just unpredictable. His decisions do have an internal logic that is dependent for him. on the character's own moral code. His own moral code. And that's the key word because Lucifer has always been able to skew anything to fit or be rejected by his moral code. That's what makes him an interesting villain. He's never 100% wrong. No. These types of characters to me, almost they're very interesting and almost always throw, they throw a wrench in the plan of our enlightened thinkers because they don't know what to think due to their own indoctrination of what is right mm -hmm. and what is wrong and that's very hard yes. and, and indoctrination usually comes with some negative connotations but everybody's indoctrinated everyone a bit. is and sam and dean have their own set of way of thinking their own ideology they've been indoctrinated by their father mm -hmm. but by the way they were raised and that doesn't by each other right and to see that challenged by someone who is evil in a lot in their sense of the word it's hard to accept that and that, again, this is why this Lucifer and what they're doing, that's why that's the strength of this episode, because there is a lot of shit going on internally with that character. They wrote him very well this week. They did. And, and to feed on to what you're saying about indoctrination, Mike, any perspective is subjective. Nobody, nobody thinks they're the villain. And I don't want to get too political, but either side of that fence thinks they are 100% right. And there's nothing wrong with their viewpoint your beliefs in basic good and evil are subjective that's why we are so shocked by some traditions of other cultures or or even something as simple as what they would eat or things like that it's all what we believe to be true lucifer challenging that in many respects because they are so indoctrinated as he even talks about to castiel and jack 
everyone believes it's my fault, whether or not it is. Now, he does hold a lot of responsibility, there's as Gabriel vague, said. No, he there, does, there's a vagueness. He, but he does but, hold hold a lot of responsibility for the way the world looks at him. Absolutely. Right. I would say, again, going back to the gothic novels, I'd even say he's become a lot more like Robert Lewis's Stevenson's uh, Hyde. The, the Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in the sense that he's his own worst enemy. He really is. And he brings upon that. all of this himself. I mean, how else do you explain such a dramatic personality shift as we saw in the last two episodes where he goes from indifferent, not caring to violent anger and outrage and trying to do the right thing, but his own inner darkness controls him. That is Hyde and Jekyll to a T. That that when angered, when bad things happen, the red eyes show up and he wants to do something evil. He wants to hurt people. However, his good nature, you know, using that phrase loosely, is so trying to go against what that inner beast. And being his own worst enemy, in a sense, as we were saying. I mean, now that we've kind of framed Lucifer in that way, it brings about a few questions, as Ryan was alluding to earlier, about Sam purposely leaving yep. Lucifer behind and what that's going to do, not just to Lucifer and what decisions he's going to make, but also Jack. What is Jack going to do when he finds out that you guys went against what I requested? I All I want to do is get to know my father and you're preventing me. And when you purposely Whose decision was that to make when you purposely hide something from someone, you immediately question that. Like, why are you so afraid to let this man talk? Obviously, we all know he's the father of lies he's a manipulator. And I love that. I love that yep. they were all terrified for Lucifer to talk. Don't listen to him. I loved it because it fits the character of Lucifer. But Jack doesn't understand that. <laughs> Michael making a deal with Lucifer. These are all things now that. Because Lucifer is his own worst enemy in so many ways, we're now left with those questions. What decision will Jack make? What decision will Lucifer make? Will he make that deal? As you said, Ryan, it's obvious he was not down with Michael's plan. No. There, there was a bit of regret that he's mm. going to end up making the bad decision, not because he cares about Sam and Dean and doing the right it, thing. It's about his son. It's about his son. He does yeah. care about yep. that. There, there's a lot of underlying tones here, especially with, like you just said, Mike, with him having to make that decision. Then you've got the the fact that you know Sam isn't going to tell Jack that he pushed him back in. You know that, that that's just under again. That's a thing that happens on all of CW yeah. where the characters just lie to each other and then it gets worse. But we're used to that by now. I would I would <laughs> hope. I, so I'm I'm really interested to see if this is where the swing in Jack. Where we, you know, Thomas, you had had that prediction where he was going to go mm -hmm. evil, and I think there's, or not, not evil, not evil necessarily, not e but not aligned to their to, thinking. to their thinking. I yeah. think Ryan that I, we've been talking about dark side, and they kind of made it clear that it's not in them. It's not going to happen. And I like that they said that. I like that Mary said, "Look, it's or Gabriel said it's in his eyes. He's yeah. not you. He has more of his mother in him." And Mary saying dark sides dean like he's not going dark side so that's not going to be the issue it's the issue of perspective what mm -hmm. is he going to see is he going to make a decision that's going to end up being a bad decision due to what's happening around him the bad decisions that sam is making and again i don't judge sam for what he did um the guy was tortured in hell uh, this has been a bane been of his existence for the last tortured. 14, 15 yeah. years. Uh, he was uh, his entire life, his entire respects. life. So I understand Sam's feelings, but that doesn't mean Sam's making the right decisions right now. Well, right. 
you've got to understand, Sam. You should have been a little more strategic. Yeah, there should have been a better way of doing it. Honestly, I didn't think that Sam was going to push him. I thought Lucifer was going to make the decision. I thought for I sure. I thought so too, a little a, bit. After watching Gabriel get stabbed and, and killed, I thought, okay, especially with the fact that Gabriel came to help Lucifer out, I thought, okay, he dies. Now Lucifer is going to make the decision of staying there instead of being pushed back by Sam. I think the whole, honestly, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting if he decided to stay on his own. I, I get what you're saying because it would have been his decision yes. to do so, but it's too early. It's, I, I, he uh, would yeah. have done it if it if Jack was watching. Yes. Everything's about yes. Jack. Yes, yes, I agree with that. If Jack was watching, he would have tried to save the day, savior, right, and but, gone out that way. Yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to help anybody. He wanted to go with like, Jack. Fuck that hurt. Yeah. I want to go home. And I'm glad they're doing that because it stresses the importance that nothing else is of importance to Lucifer but his son. But his son, which right. stays true to his character. We don't want to see Lucifer make a complete 180 Sacrifice. and be this different character. We want him to to have a redemption arc that makes sense, which is the connection to Jack. Well, and it also feeds directly into the idea behind increasing the stakes for your characters as they make decisions to show their true nature. He doesn't the the decision here was I can stand up and fight Michael to save all these people. Sam, Dean, Gabriel, myself. He does a little bit there. But then when the decision pressure, the pressure of, okay, Gabe's dead, I'm hurt, Dean's already gone, now it's not worth it. But if Jack was there, he would have stayed yeah. and fought. It would have made that sense. that is the one thing that he will sacrifice anything for, which is why I do like what they've done with him. He works for this character right now. And feeding into... Sam's decision, I think, will be the thing that ultimately bites them because when we look at everybody celebrating, Jack is the only person who is not happy. He's sulking. Yeah. He's sad. He's sad for the presumed death of his father, Lucifer, something that Sam and Dean would never have felt. Yeah. All and of because, this. Well, and because Sam took that decision away is what's going to make or break Jack moving forward. I don't think he'll be 100% evil. But he won't align to them anymore. Or like you said, Mike, he might do something risky or dumb yeah. because of that betrayal mm. in some ways. Yep. Especially from Sam, because Sam was the one who knew what it was like to feel like a freak. Yeah. Sam was the one he trusted more. Yeah, and all of this is done with the with the parallel of Chuck and Lucifer. Yep. And the rejection that he feels about you know, with with Chuck, God not accepting who he is, and that's a. When you want to look at what's really driving him, yeah, it's it's all connected to his son. But even that, as well as playing a part, it's very evident to see that he is attempting at all cost not to look, not for him not to look the way he does to, to everyone, Chuck, else. as he does. I, I lost my train of thought. He doesn't want to look. <laughs> he does not want to. <laughs> I just got a tongue twister. Wow. He doesn't want to look a tongue tied. I mean, to Jack the same way he looks to everyone else. Thank you. You're a regular seek the repo. There you go. You interpreted my, I interpreted uh, your, my stupidity. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to say. Because that'd be the, even if he dies at that point, at least one person would see him differently. Cause I don't even think he truly cares about everybody else and how they view oh, him. No. It all comes down to his father and his son. Yep. Right. It's playing on the same notes, the same strings being pulled. Yeah. And I, and again, I think this is what makes these decisions, this 
these parallels to Jack or and between Jack and Chuck and all of that is what makes Lucifer make sense and makes him work in this episode, especially because it all does stick so true to how he goes about getting what he wants. It's all it's always fun to watch him be that manipulator. Yeah. I just like that Lucifer now makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like it ultimately it works really well. I think they could have got there a bit faster, a little more clear. Absolutely. I think they could have. But that comes down to some of the issues that we have spoken about. And it's the fact that it feels like some of the writers don't know what the other writers are working working on week to week. So there's like there's tone shifts. There's issues with the characterizations and where the character should be at. I mean, what happened to the story of Lucifer in heaven with uh, with Joe? He just went there to like take a nap for a while. It's bizarre. Like, what happened to that? Yeah. Like, why even have him do that? You yeah. know. So, yeah. but now that we got through all that bullshit and we're here now, it <laughs> back works. Back to his son. And back it to feels the main good. Issue. Yeah. 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 Now, the parental dynamic was definitely a big aspect of this episode. Seeing Sam and Mary reunite was definitely nice. Seeing that family bit that is quintessential to supernatural quintessential to the winchesters is nice but of course it was never going to be long lasting mary deciding to stay it's a bit of a mix because i i felt truly i felt for dean at that point because while she does have a purpose here she wants to be here to save people dean still feels that abandonment Mm-hmm. a little bit that twinge when he first starts talking to her about like oh, you got to be out of your mind and i liked what he said when he said that not every fight everywhere can be won and that's yes. something that's tough because they have tried to fight every fight everywhere and tr- and been relatively successful right as far as all things are considered but mary chooses to stay well the thing that people forget and i think lately a lot of shows a lot of movies we're in doctrine to think that good guys always win and bad guys always lose and i think by dean saying that it reminds us that you know sometimes the good guys lose and when they lose they pay a heavy fucking price and i think you know i we had said it earlier i think what we said it two or three episodes ago that we kind of felt that mary had to stay in this we world. talked about the possibility we, and we definitely kind of felt she would want to stay. I just think that it's such a good notion. And I, I mean, I use good as the only, cause it's the only word I have, mm-hmm. but to remind people that, you know, Hey, look, there are sacrifices that need to be made and you know, we don't win everything. And I think with these shows and TV shows in general, we, we get in doctrine to think that, and that good guys always win. And I think, you know, we've well, that's se- the backbone of modern day contemporary, you know, literature. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, in the real world, that's not the case. And I think at the end of the day, um, for, for him to say that. And w- what I also loved about this, this whole situation is that Sam comes up with a logical idea. He comes up with a logical idea on, okay, well, you're going to stay, but why are you staying? Is it because of these people? Okay. Then let's help these people. Now do you have no reason to right. stay. And I think that was, that was a really cool deal. And I don't, I think it was Dean, his face while Sam is saying this, he's like, it's making sense to him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really neat how Sam kind of took the lead in something like that. This, this season has wholly been about Sam. And there's definitely, yeah. And there's definitely a lot of Sam's leadership elements coming yes. to play in this episode. But the whole idea that Mary wants to stay does some, 
it's odd because we like to think like Sam and Dean. We've been along the journey with them for 13 years now. They, as Dean says, you can't win every fight everywhere because we've been through a lot and we've seen what they've gone through. And one thing that helped me when I was thinking about this was that Mary, timeline-wise, is a year after her death. She's yeah. still that hunter. She's still mm-hmm. saving people, hunting things, the family business. She's still very much in that mindset. So while we are asking why would she want to stay, we have to remember she's still stubborn. She is Sam and Dean's mother. She is very much the same person she was at the beginning of season one, essentially, where we've known her. She has had a hard time transitioning to the world when her children, who she knew, were gone. And now she's got these grown men claiming to be her kids. That's a big adjustment. She barreled down, way down into the uh, British Men of Letters Mm -hmm. hunting path, the things that she knew. And in some ways, to me, this was her kind of escaping into that as well because it's something familiar. She's not gone through as much change as Dean and Sam have. And I think that's why having Sam come up with that leadership role right there was a great step because it shows he has grown through these things. And while Dean has grown, he's kind of diverging down a, we kind of, we got ours, let's take care of our family, where Sam's going down this more leadership role and it works to get Mary out of that sense of we have to stay and save these people while providing a logical explanation yeah. that doesn't break their same family rules. Right. And it's interesting Mary as a whole, because we've talked about her for quite some time now about her being the mother Mary figure, this biblical figure. And that in many respects, her children have become the Messiah in some way. They are literally from another world here to save the people of earth. That's exactly how this happens in this episode. And to see her influence on the people on the the resistance fighters and how that has directly relates to a one-to-one correlation of them trusting Sam and Dean who are for all extents and purposes, interdimensional time traveling aliens (laughs) at that point, they buy into it. And we've talked about Mary's symbolism being this, this figurehead. And Mike, you brought this out with the, uh, couple episodes ago with the cross figures the the soft lighting they've put on her she is very much this character from the bible brought to life in a different darker interpretation but very much the same she thing. just has two jesus sons <laughs> for the most part i mean it, it fits with what uh chuck said about the chosen ones and it strengthens the idea as well that the world that the apocalypse world needed those ingredients to win this war because look how the tide has changed. The moment Mary is there, the moment mm-hmm. Sam and Dean yep. are there. There's hope all of a sudden. There Suddenly there's hope. And I, I love the the contrast between the two. I mean, the biblical allegories are there, as you were touching on, Thomas. Mm-hmm. The, the Mary I mean, slash Moses sake. vibe that was happening this week. Yes, the Exodus. It was used. I will lead my people to freedom. It's all there. Yeah. I, I missed mean, the Ten Commandments. Where was that at? <laughs> I just curious. That's not during the Exodus. Oh, oh that's yeah, after. That's Sorry, my that's my, post. my yeah. bad. My my biblical lore is lacking. No, but you're right, Mike. The biblical aspects are there. We've got 
I mean, Bobby even used the word paradise. Like you want us to, yeah, you want like, us to come on. And that's exactly, if you go back to your Bible, that's exactly what the, the Exodus, once the Israelites left yep. the, and they were able to leave the and Pharaoh. escaped the Pharaoh, they were promised to go to a land that's a paradise flowing with milk and honey. I mean, the, the whole thing is littered with biblical allegories. The, the Christian symbolism is just very strong these last few episodes. I wish they used it a lot more like earlier right. seasons. Right. But this thing with Mary, it keeps having me question what they're doing with her because we keep hearing about the chosen ones. Are we actually fleshing that out? Is Mary included in that? I mean, there's a lot of questions that we can now you know, tackle now that we see, now that we're seeing these things happen and you brought the soft mm-hmm. light. Absolutely. I mean, now every time she talks, there's visual subtext. Then she's an angelic she, metaphor. She's, in some ways. Yes. She's framed in a completely different way. Yes. I mean, even look at her return when she was resurrected, she was once again in that white nightgown. Uh, what does white signify? Purity, I, holy power, all these other biblical things as and that's, well and that's not a new concept they've been playing with that since day one Kirk oh yeah he was using that yes but the fact <laughs> that they're staying consistent with that I, I am grateful beyond words that dab has not allowed that to change even though mm-hmm. every showrunner has their own prerogative and they choose to do whatever they want with the characters but to keep that underlying theme a part of mary winchester i think is vital for this show and i think he gets that right and the biblical aspect is big in this episode, not just from a title and the actual events in the episode, but it does lead us to bigger questions because if these people are important in any way, I mean, we've got Bobby, we've got catch, we've got Charlie, we've got Mary. We have so many of these people leaving, as we said, the oppression of the Pharaoh, the, the biblical aspect of the journey through the desert and, and all those hardships to a paradise land does that mean that these people, in some respects, are important? In They're putting a lot of emphasis on this group. Exactly. In the mythology, that group of people, that those Jews went to Israel. and oh. s- okay. The people, not a slur, Christ. Why is they it that went, you think the Jews? They went to Israel. I mean, there's a reason Castiel was a Nazi, guys. Absolutely. Come on. No, I agree yeah. with you. <laughs> I agree with you. They were playing they, with a lot of yes. internal things for sure. They went to create the Jewish religion at that time or, or not to create, but to make it flourish in the homeland essentially. So are these people in this episode going to be a similar aspect in our world? What is their ultimate importance? Is this going to be yeah. a revival of the hunters that were pretty much exterminated thanks to the British Men of Letters? Or the actual revival of the British or uh, the American chapter of the Men of Letters. They're all in the bunker now. Yeah. We know it's a huge complex with all, as Sam says, all kinds of lore, all kinds of weaponry, all kinds of information that can help them fight against Michael. I mean, they theoretically, Sam and Dean have taken out far greater threats than just a single archangel. And they have, well, they had an archangel or two on their side before. So there should be some way to tackle this new threat yeah there's something but important. who are these people then yeah there's something going on i mean yes you can kind of shrug and say well they're just using like you know thematic aesthetics and that's they all they're using be. and they could but why do that in the second to last episode of the season and 
as we discussed last week, Thomas, we specifically said that we kind of figured out what the myth arc truly is. It's not Michael. It's not Asmodeus. It's not even Lucifer. It's Mary getting to apocalypse world and getting Mary back. That's save Mary. That's save Mary. That's the myth arc. So now we're shifting that importance or adding to it these other individuals and making a big deal about them crossing over the mass exodus coming to the promised land. There is something at work and whether it's all the miscellaneous cast members, seven and eight and 10, I, I doubt, but we have catch. We have Charlie, uh, we have Rowena, Rowena, Bobby, Jack, Bobby. We have all these other characters that are being brought in. Are we going to see that this is the group Chuck was talking about? Is there some grand cosmos? Are the chosen ones not just exclusive to world one? Is it a cosmos thing? Is this the grand well, plan? What if like, what if dab keeps being the showrunner and he just puts us on the back burner and these people just get super comfortable living in our world and they never go back. Oh, I would. I'd be like, <laughs> nah, dude, there's fuck fucking that place. There's be- fucking TV here, man. Be- Why would I leave beers and prostitutes? I'm staying here. Hookers and blow. Fuck that other world. Michael can have that shithole. Yeah. I'd let him. Well, fuck. Why would you want to go back? There's colors here. There's no women left. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to live in a world where there's no women. I want to live in a world with lots of women. Yeah. That is an interesting concept, though, Mike, about lots them. Of women. A, wa- a, a world lot of, lots of women. women. It yeah. is interesting. Everyone prepped yeah. for the orgy. Sounds as fucking Cassiel amazing. Said. Yeah. Rowena's going to service everybody. <laughs> she can service me first. <laughs> I'll go second. <laughs> now, <God>. with <laughs> Jesus. I take that back. <laughs> Liar. I'm going to, like, excuse me. You mind if I cut in? Uh, like, right in the middle of it? Yeah. Excuse me. Let me cut in. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Well, you don't come anyway, so. <laughs> so it didn't count. You're fine. But going second was actually might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> or are you first then? That is true. Stupid. <laughs> All right. This is devolved. I know. It frankly. had to. You guys were going off. I had to do some devolving. Now, with them being potentially a cosmos level chosen one group, I mean, it could be as Chuck has said at the end of season 11, but. Beyond, like you said, those just random people who are in the background, could mm-hmm. these other characters be the ones that are responsible not just to save our world, but quite literally multiple worlds? Is that what it means to be the chosen ones? That you are maybe course correct certain things that shouldn't have happened, like the fact that Mary never made the deal, that Sam yeah. and Dean never became a, 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 an, we're an never actual, born. were never born. Maybe this is part of it. And even if it's not the end game, it could definitely be a part of that it along could be leading, that road leading into the finale. Yeah. Now, guys, do not forget that we are offering live video feed for all of you hardcore elite Crossroads fans. Yeah. That is right. During every show, you can get an inside look at Ryan and his silliness that goes on during the show. So to gain access, go to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $15 or more a month. With this pledge, you not only get access to our live video feed, but you also gain access to every tier below, which includes quarterly gifts, the video cast episodes, the additional podcast episodes, the behind the scenes footage, monthly bonus shows, and our 10 minutes at the crossroads. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for all that dancing. And if you are a part of the Patreon page, you'd have seen that just now. Yeah, you would have seen that awesomeness. There is no Patreon out there, guys, that gives you as much as we do for the value. So head on over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. I mean, we could start doing nudie pictures like the girls do that get you know, <laughs> Patreon followers. Hey, listen, those ladies have a lot of followers. If that's what it takes to show my boobs, I'll do it. 
I'll your, like, your moves? Yeah, why not? Just show do a little you. poll and see how many people would be interested in that. I mean, some of these guys spend money on just stupid things. Dude, hey, guys, go to my, my $50 Patreon. tier. I'll add you on Snapchat. My $75 oh tier, my I'll add you on PlayStation and we'll play video games together. Because that's what I want to do. That's Ryan's For my $100 tier, here's my ass. See, the joke is that's actually Ryan's own personal Patreon. Yeah. I, and I make bank. <laughs> so Donate. Now, the idea that these chosen ones could be world savers could lead into the could be bolstered by the idea that Sam is bolstered. That's a that's a nice wow. It could be bolstered by the idea that Sam is becoming a leader. We definitely saw that a lot in this episode, whether it's telling Mary, here's an idea on how we can resolve your conflict while saving people and bringing everybody home at the same time. We also see Dean falling into line in many respects when they are going and they're talking to the other resistance leaders, the other members of the team, Dean starts coming at him kind of hard. Like you guys are idiots. Everything's fucked over here. Why would you stay? We've got hookers and blow, you know, it yep. starts and it starts making them antagonistic. We got tacos, <laughs> busty Asian beauties. Yeah. We come to the good side, porn and tacos, but they start porn and tacos, porn and tacos. That's that, a, that's, that's a pretty good, good that's argument. Actually, dude, that's, I would fucking leave that shithole. Porn and tacos. Free porn. Tacos? Holy fuck. Now, can I fuck a taco? Oh, oh, Jesus. We see them become antagonistic towards Dean's mentality of, of how he goes about it. Then Sam comes into it and hits home with, we're not saying it's over. We're saying we can give you the tools to better fight this war. Tapping into, in many ways, like Lucifer, what they want to hear to get what he wants from them. Raina wants a nip slip in the video, she says. Who's? Uh, probably you. Come on. Yeah. You probably have the biggest boobs, too. Oh. oh. Pain. No, well, oh. I say that because Ryan doesn't work his chest out. I mean. Oh, wow. Well, you, told, you told me that. I do. It's just, I, it doesn't develop right. It doesn't develop. <laughs> I have a bad shoulder. It's hard. Maybe we'll do a, a Rain Man show uh, calendar down? for the summer. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Thomas is. You'll get more requests. You'll be. It'll just be. A, it'll just be me. Yeah. Can, can I stuff my pants at least? Can yeah. I, sure. Dude, just put. Okay. A, I don't need to know. It's like Hollywood 18, magic. An eighteen inch or all the way down to your. I'll just knee. Photoshop it. <laughs> oh. Like, hey guys. Hey, look. This is look how veiny it is. It ain't fake. It ain't fake. <laughs> I just doubled the size of it. All right, Jesus God. <laughs> now, now it's six inches now. We, <laughs> well, that would be tripling it. Oh. <laughs> We see, we see Sam attack with his mentality of how to get them to do what he wants, much like Lucifer does, and it's very effective. And Dean just, you see him, he shuts up. Yeah. He lets Sam be the leader. If these people are the chosen ones, is Sam destined to be the leader in that respect? To, to head, they, and we've talked about this with the end of season 12 before, the, ac the aspect of legacy. Right. Will their legacy be helping out these people, creating ways to save other dimensions worth of people, other worlds. There's really no limit on how that could go, but all of it depends on Sam developing further as a leader. And we're seeing more and more of that with every episode. Yeah. Uh, there was a listener, Thomas, that posted, I want to say on our Facebook page, hopefully I can find the comment. So I'm going to paraphrase for now uh, that they're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. basically with sam however she hopes that they find something for dean to do that he becomes more you know i guess focused or there's a purpose but i think what the writers are doing with him 
That's the purpose. The fact that he's consumed with what? What he's always been consumed with, saving his family. Right. And, and, I, and that's very personal. That's to him. his drive. Yeah. Yeah. That's what keeps him going. Yeah. And the fact that he's been kind of broken this season is because he's striving to maintain that hope. The hope that Sam, as we talked last week, the hope that Sam always has. Right. And Dean wants to find that hope so he can maintain it, you know, because he's <laughs> kind of morose. But his I feel like his drive is a, has always been about saving his family. So I don't necessarily have a problem with them continuing that yes i'd like to see dean be happy for a bit but then that wouldn't be the show right like that'll be an ending thing if that i think it has to be at that point yeah he, he, there's too much shit going on yeah we don't want happy people then that, that's not a good yeah good drama right i want people who are just <laughs> fucking miserable yeah. now catching charlie thomas mm. is there something going on there i don't think so okay i think if anything it's a respect of her as a fighter because they spent some time because they spent some yeah. time in the trenches. I think it's that soldier level of respect. Okay. I didn't get anything like he had with Mary. Okay. Because I was hoping he didn't forget about Mary. No. And I do want to see that There's interaction now that they're on the other side. Mary. Yes. Thank you. God, you fuck. <laughs> Regurgitating a joke from two years ago. Yeah, whatever. I, I do think we have to see Catch and Mary interact. We, we don't know if they have, but presumably he's been part of the group for some time now. Was it the stress of Apocalypse World outweighed her issues with him? Or are, have we yet to see that come to the forefront? Will that create its own drama while all these people are living in these camped close quarters? Now, with them being Things from the resistance. when you guys are shoved in the same room together. Man, when you're, n- when, when you're nut to butt, man, yeah. shit happens. Sometimes you just got to do Sometimes it. Sometimes some penetration just goes down. Ugh. Just, just fucking randomly. <laughs> yeah, just a random penetrate. It's whatever, dude. A random penetrate. A random penetrate. I, I think Ketch will absolutely have to be in the limelight for a bit, not just because of his relationship to Mary, but his relationship to Rowena. He was hunting her earlier this season. Yes. Yeah, so what's going on with that? Because they did look at each other, but we still have never seen them interact, have we? I don't think so. That was the first time, and we yeah. uh, we've been asking like, what's the story there? Because he was looking for her at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And it's, we've never really gone back to that. So I'm wondering if that's going to pan out, if that's going to end up being a thing they, they focus on a bit. I'd like to see it. I think Ketch has been easily one of the strengths of this season as a character and what they're trying to do with him. Again, the whole redemption idea is not just on Lucifer. It's on him as well. Yeah. So I think his interaction with these characters that he has wronged has to come to light. Yeah. It's kind of triple redemption when you think about it this season. You have Rowena. Yeah, you it have is. You Catch, and you have Lucifer. That's kind of their is theme it, a bit. Is it quad with Gabriel? I guess so, yeah. But I well, mean, he technically didn't need to be redeemed. He but, got chomped again. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to get to that now? Yeah, it sucked. Let, let, let's let's there, talk about Gabriel it. for just a minute. He, the peculiar case of the Gabriel. The peculiar... Yeah, now I'm having... The mental oh, breakdown. It's, nice it's contagious. Nice stroke. It is. Thank you. The peculiar case of Gabriel is interesting because he hmm? ultimately, and I think this is one of the, the negatives of this episode. Ultimately, he didn't. You should just read that sentence I wrote. <laughs> Let's talk about the elephant in the room. And that's the peculiar case of Gabriel, the archangel. There we go. Thank you. You're Why, welcome. bro? Why? The Dude. idea that he was going to be necessary to open the gate Originally, the portal originally was fine when they had that as 
how we wanted to go about it. But then when you have Lucifer be how they actually did it, and Gabriel didn't contribute any archangel grace of any significant value, nor did he have the power to go toe-to-toe with anybody, it is it is unfortunate because it feels like he was brought back without a lot of intent behind it. I got to think there's more to it because let's retrace what they've done. I swear to God, Mike, if they kill him again and then bring him back again because like i will fucking throw something at the tv okay i agree with you but doing something with it doesn't mean bringing him back again right or faking his death it means it has to matter in some way because and without getting negative this is just an observation for example asmodeus was introduced right he ended up becoming nothing more than a plot device that would then give birth to another plot device, Gabriel. And the idea was that they would use him to open up the rift. They never needed him because they had Lucifer. In fact, they used Lucifer. Then you bring Gabriel into the equation. He gets better. You have a one-off episode about him. Then he goes into the apocalypse world where they don't use his grace again. And he dies. Yeah. I don't understand what was the point of ever bringing Gabriel in. And then in, in by essence, why even bring Asmodeus into the equation? There was no point to his story. They were and, just there. And that's why I'm hoping that this death means something to someone, whether it be Lucifer. Yeah. Um, it, I, I don't know. I mean, they made a point to show Gabriel in close up. I don't know if that was just to let us his know that eyes. he's dead or was there was that from the perspective of Lucifer? Was he looking at him? Yeah. What is the point of that death? Is he it, going to change Lucifer? Is that going to also add to him the fact that his brother, in fact, finally died for something? In order for us yeah. not to chalk that up as one of the worst writing ever on Supernatural, it has to mean something. I just because they didn't even need yeah. him, they didn't even meet, need him to it, sacrifice not himself. At all. Not no. anymore. Hey, jump through the rift, Sam, and let it be closed. End of story. No yeah. one needed in this entire you, you didn't even talking need to, interaction. We could have all gone through. You didn't even need to stall him. And if you did, do what you did with Lucifer. Throw Lucifer at him. Leave it at that and run. Yeah, it's I. I'm baffled. And usually I can kind of this was usually I can dissect things and kind of figure out the motive. Even if the motive isn't clear, it's a little murky. I can pretty much figure out what they're doing. But with Gabriel and and now Asmodeus, I just don't get it. Well, this was the only thing that I disliked about the episode. And I was just like, I agree. I don't I don't understand why do this. Why bring him back for literally fucking nothing? He joins the team for nothing. It doesn't make any sense. And now, now if they play the card where his death is for a reason or they, you know, maybe he's not dead again. Maybe he tricked. I I would. No, you can't do that again. The thing is, it would even mean something. I think it would make, hold on. Let me, let me touch on that real quick, Mike. Hold on. I actually think it would mean something if he faked his death again. We've seen him do it. We've seen him fuck with Lucifer by doing it. Why wouldn't he do it to Michael? And I think it would make sense for him to do it to Michael to create a diversion or, you know, whatever. It would have to be part of some greater grander plan. plan. I agree. I agree. And I, I, I see your face because I have the same kind of face. Yeah. But if they did explain it correctly, because we've seen him do it already, doesn't mean that it would be terrible if it was explained correctly 
Um, there's a lot of explaining. There's a lot. Yeah, Lucy. he's got. Yeah, Lucy's got. Some, <laughs> oh, literally, you got some explaining to do. Um, yeah. I definitely think that it could be done correctly. It just has to be very, very, very in depth. But I have a hard time justifying that when you theoretically wouldn't have to put yourself in this position in the first place. R- correct. I agree. I 100% agree. So and I think that is the, you're right, Mike, the biggest elephant in the room is that because it, it feels like we're just treading the same ground I have the or it has to be a lot of explaining. I don't think there's a great way to easily get out of the situation they're now in because either a, like you said, it's explaining or B we rehashed the same. We've, we've tread yeah, the same ground, the same idea. And that's neither of which are good. Yeah. Can they fix it? Yes. We'll have to wait till the season's it? over and Who find knows? out. Now, I think instead of Gabriel dying, I think Dab should have died. <laughs> just bear with me. <laughs> he just randomly comes just, in. Just bear with me. What, what let if, it marinate what, for a second. What if, uh-huh. what if Gabriel's like snaps his fingers and Dab just shows up in the world from fucking French Mistake and then he just dies? Yeah. And then, yeah, then we're done. We're done with him. I trade you one Dab for Gabriel. Yeah. Is that an equivalent exchange? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> now, another character that was introduced in this episode that we haven't touched on yet, and it's something I actually talked to Mike about off, uh, off I'm right air here. before. Yeah. Why'd you say you talked about Mike? I said I talked to you about it off air we, a couple weeks ago with oh, alternate yeah. oh. universe Castiel showing up. I thought they would might bring it in in some respect because he was the only person we hadn't really seen in this apocalypse world, <laughs> we got this Nazi version of Castiel, which, yes. as we said, it does kind of fit with the entire idea of the Jewish people in the exodus from Egypt, having Castiel being the one who's hunting them down in this n- Nazi caricature that is deliberately a callback to Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Last Ark. I mean, he Ark. technically was uh, the character from Inglorious Bastards. He, he was it was a mix of both. He's even got like the scarred eye factor yeah. going on. Dude, what if he had, like, on his hand, he had the fucking jewel fucking <laughs> burn on his hand? Like, that would have been funny. Now, you're hiding humans, yes. Humans? <laughs> Where is it, Jews? I expected is that line. Is it true that you're hiding humans under your floorboards? <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty uh, good at that. That's a pretty uh, good yes. German accent. Keep going. No, it's all right. <laughs> he just practiced the I'm, one line. Great. I'm good at mimicking a Nazi. Yeah. Yes, that's good sweet. Job. What a skill set. A Mexican guy playing a Nazi. <laughs> totally makes sense. There he is. Are Come you on. hiding? That's what I was hoping for. The Jews? No, the humans. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what? Jesus. Sorry, I, I, so I went a different route. Sorry. Uh, why did he talk like that? That was did uh, Jimmy Novak for some reason come from Germany? Like he is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, wait, what I if, liked it. I thought it was cool. I know you said you weren't too keen on it, Thomas, but I liked the idea behind it. I didn't like how. It f- was portrayed i guess but I it didn't know. work I, for me i love when misha collins does bizarre shit so i it worked for me but it, but it just kind of came out of left field it, i think that, that's it it didn't feel right like the timing was off it was kind of thrown in at the last moment it almost felt like it was improvised and like, that's that's my thing is that if yeah. that character was introduced earlier on with michael in the early part of season 13 if that character had been a growing threat for Mary and Jack while we had seen them on this side of the world, it would have felt more genuine. In this, it feels like a last minute, oh, hey, who haven't we done yet? Let's have Castiel show up. It felt like, it felt- and it, it does reinforce the idea almost, that the writers weren't 
privy to what each other is doing week to week to week. Dude, I, I'm sorry. And this was so I obviously didn't like Gabriel. And this one was more iffy to me. I just didn't quite understand. It seemed forced. It seemed like they were like, well, what do we get? Dude, we need to Wait, have what? my part. The, the Castiel. Castiel, like it felt forced to me. Like they're, they're, they're torturing these guys and they're like, well, who, we need to bring in somebody to torture him. Well, let's bring in Castiel. Like that's what it was. It was well, just even like, the, dun, the, dun, dun. the background actors were not good. No, no. And it was just like, okay, cool. So he's going to show up for what? 27 seconds. Neat. Like it just felt weird to me, dude. Like you're going to bring in an alternate reality character of probably arguably one of the most popular characters on the show and he's going to last 30 seconds and that i think is why because he that's seemed how out long i last is that not good <laughs> no that's <laughs> typically not good but oh. i mean I somewhere between yours hours, and apparently. ryan's is like, what you so, want yeah now okay castiel that's you're right ryan where it felt like we just introduced him just for him to be immediately written out of the show that's i think where some of the problem lies because he is a very interesting character we love castiel so seeing this darker version of him would have been interesting especially in a season where castiel himself has been rather dark darker than he's been in some years leaving donatello brain dead telling dean that he can't go back for sam doing what needs to be done and using that exact phrase lucifer is our responsibility sam we got to take yeah. care of it making those tough calls even the parallel of them torturing random the charlie and the other guy who was got them screwed over charlie and catch having this alternate level of cast would have been a nice parallel to them he even calls it out that we are the same but then it's just gone it's over and it doesn't have any lasting impact on castiel as a character making him reflect on his decisions what lines is he willing to go to that maybe alternate cast would cross those lines and he still has some morals that he will not trespass over Instead, it's just gone. And I think that's why it didn't work for me. Not so much his portrayal of it as it felt rushed. Because it was interesting. It, it was rushed. I think that was the biggest thing for me. I think it would have been more interesting if they maybe they had played a dynamic throughout the last four or five episodes. We've got this guy torturing people and torturing. Mm -hmm. And then the, it's like, oh, who's the execution? The, yeah, who's the guy yeah. torturing? Like and then we find out. was in season four. And then we find out it's gas. I think that would have added more validity to it. It would have seemed like it wasn't just like, boom, here he is and gone. It would have been like, okay, they've been alluding to this character for a while and then he shows up. Unfortunately, that's kind of the problem with season 13 as a whole. You just have a lot of inconsistencies. There's a lot of shit going and on. And I think, Thomas, you just mentioned this. It does. It just feels like each writer is kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And I don't know if that works necessarily. It, it's because there's just an inconsistency. The overall story isn't bad. It's just there's a lot of inconsistencies, I think, right? Yeah, there absolutely are. It's, and, you know, that's a bit of a shame with such an interesting and take on a character. And it's never felt like that in Supernatural before. Like even previous right. seasons, uh, they've had their ups and downs and there's some issues with Carver and some Red issues cons with, and some with Gamble and things that you may not agree with decision-wise but there wasn't the issue of consistency uh, in terms of tone, in terms of characterizations, in mm -hmm. terms of story arcs. It's just, it's all just very inconsistent. It feels like Dab at the beginning of the season said, all right, this is our story. You write this one, you write this one, you write this one. And Worry I'll, about it all and I'll see you guys later. in nine months. I got to eat. <laughs> I gotta go eat some more food. It's lunchtime. I'm now, hungry. Oh, my, 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 my stomach's hungry. I Is your hot pocket ready? Oh, and my mom's making it for me. 
All right, being a, being a bit more positive, the special Dab, effects though. Dab's mom's a PA, cooks food for him. <laughs> mom, 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 I've been working here for twelve fucking hours, bitch. Give mom, me some food. Mom, do you have the pepperoni hot pockets? What about what about the pepperoni? You don't have enough heavy breathing. Uh, uh, <laughs> mom, mom, All I right. keep watching Jensen and Jared not eat. I need to eat. They're so skinny. I will say. <laughs> Can I eat while I'm on the treadmill? Get some exercise. <laughs> that I'm means burning, I eat more food, man. I'm burning the calories that I'm I'm already eating in my mouth. <laughs> you don't know what that means. I don't either. Do you know what calories are, right? Now? Yeah, he's burning them as he walks <laughs> on a treadmill. Yeah, they're like Skittles, right? Yeah. You just put a Skittle in and you walk three steps, you burn the Skittle off. Yeah. Fucking people in crossroads always talking shit about my episodes. Fuck them. What are they now? Hold on. I gotta, I gotta take my diabetes medicine. One guy can't even fucking pronounce names. <laughs> <laughs> talking about my balance skills. What do I read? You can't even talk. <laughs> one, guy, one guy has strokes in the middle of the show. Fuck that guy. I think he's Mexican too. <laughs> Yeah. All right, back time. <laughs> now, a uh, more positive note, I think we can say the fight between Michael and Lucifer had some great special effects. Seeing Michael's wings was pretty fucking that cool. Was I love super cool shot. That was awesome. Dude, the Angel's wing shots are always fucking awesome, but this wasn't just like the the shadow factor. This was like they were actually three-dimensional. They brought the they depth. Were there. The depth was there they because cool. they used the smoke. Yeah, and usually yeah, we've never seen cool. a shot like that where you could show the depth of the wings. Yeah. Dude, that was fucking amazing. They looked, what was cool too is like we all, we're all used to seeing like actual like, you know, like bird, like bird style wings. These right. were more like Archangel, like uh, the X-Men character Archangel, kind of metallic looking, like sharp edged, yeah. which was different than what we've seen. It was like, cool. Mm-hmm. It was super different, but I was really badass. I love that shot. I, I got a... I you got, got a boner? A, I got a visual effects boner. Yeah. Like, cl- that's fucking cool. <laughs> Not just that, though, but Michael versus Lucifer, like the Kamehameha Hadouken blast at each other. I thought that was cool. And it was something that definitely felt lacking when they first fought in the beginning Hadouken. of the season with some of these actual powers and the, the crack of the sound as they were fist fighting each other. was It was fucking cool. It felt far more epic and justified of the end of the season these characters to be fighting. I, love I, just, that shit. I, I just thought it was cool that they were fucking doing street fighter moves, dude. I was waiting for like Michael to do like the spin kick, the Ryu, the show you can, that would have been dope. I do wish that Gabriel had a little bit more of a interesting fight moment. Cause Lucifer was the one with the Hadouken blast in the beginning. Michael's got his wings. Awesome shot. Yeah. Gabriel, unfortunately felt like he did. He got the best, shafted. On the, that. Best shard, the best shard, the, the best shard, the best shot of, of Gabriel was the basically him dying. Oh, with like the light coming out of his eyes and mouth. Fuck you. That sucks. <laughs> it was uh, I mean, it, it had this episode was interesting because it had a lot of different aspects, both good and bad, but it's set up a lot as well, as far as our main characters are concerned. So I think with that, it's time we go into some final thoughts. Then we'll see what people from Facebook thought. Ryan, what do you ultimately give? Episode 22, Exodus, as you were busy dry humping the chair. <laughs> um, Whatever. Why are you dry humping the chair? I don't worry about it, bro. What are you, a fucking I'm, I'm, dog? I come to him for 
retrospective insight, I turn over as I'm finishing my sentence, and he's just fucking like, oh, Ryan's, no. Ryan's an animal. Like, he's Dude, a, a, not look, in a good way. Guys, he's just guys, an animal. I've already talked about this before. I have ADHD. I sit here. You guys are going back and forth. I, and I Do you just, mean Tourette's? Because ter- people with Tourette's also hump things. Maybe that. I don't know what it is. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to give this episode a B plus. The only reason I'm giving it a B plus is there was, first of all, the Gabriel dying thing really kind of upset me. Just, it, it was, it just seemed like it wasn't timed very well. I, I think, you know, to bring that, to bring him back and to really have him do absolutely fucking nothing besides kill Asmodeus, who was there for no reason in the beginning. Only to bring him back, which is kind of a serpentine. Yeah, it's just a weird, it, it was weird. And I think that was really the the one of the things I didn't like. The other thing that I didn't really was just weird to me was, and it wasn't bad. It wasn't Cass's acting or Armisha's acting. It was just really quick, um, which is not like me in general. <laughs> A lot of things that we talk about, um, but <laughs> was the Nazi cast. I just felt like if they had played that a little bit more and created a little bit more of, you know, this mystery behind the character. And so just like, I'm going to bring in Castiel. Like it was just, bum, bum, it, yeah, bum. it was, it was literally, soap opera like esque acting where it was like dun, dun, dun. like it just wasn't it seemed really ill-timed as well like it, it, they just could have done more with that um as far as uh the lucifer and jack scenes were fucking awesome um mark pellegrino nailed everything that he did um the fight scene like we just talked about was great the shot with fucking michael was unreal yeah um, so there were some really awesome aspects in this. I mean, dude, what about the moment where, you know, Dean saves catch? Like th- we didn't even talk about that, but that was like, right. That was pretty cool. I mean, we, we really, that character's really started to grow on us. And I think, um, the last <laughs> stupid and the last thing I really enjoyed was Rowena opening the gate multiple oh, times. The gay, okay. the gay. Yeah. The gay. No, the gate. I, that's what I said. The gate. Fuck Is the gate I, gay? I, what did <laughs> Maybe it likes other male gates. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> um, I thought I thought it was cool that she was. Does open. it have a key or a padlock? <laughs> the key master. Then we'll know. Why not um, both? Jesus, I liked that when everyone came through the rift, they looked at her like, huh? Like everyone had a different reaction to her. She's right? hot. Well, that Damn yeah, girl. But it was like <laughs> this is the paradise. Mary, Mary didn't know that she was the one keeping the gate open, mm-hmm. and it was just it was cool. Like everyone I had agree. a completely different reaction yeah. to her, yeah. and I think that was I did like that too. Though. That was neat how they did that because we we forget watching this show that some of these characters haven't interacted with each other in yeah. a long time, right? Or so, ever, or ever. So it was really interesting to see them actually play that off. I think we forget that. Um, but r- really, the only two things I didn't like were were Gabriel and and the Nazi cast. It just seemed weird to me, and I think. Other than that, B plus solid episode. I had okay. a great time. I'm looking forward to the next episode and where we're going to go. Mike, what about you? Final thoughts on 22 Exodus before as we lead into the finale. Okay. Well, let's see here. I loved everything that they did with Lucifer. And it showed a lot of forethought when it came to writing his character. Eugenie and Brad... I feel like they understood exactly what they wanted to do with him. And I feel like there was a lot of smarts involved in those decisions. It wasn't just them writing, well, okay, Lucifer is going to do this. They were really using some really, first off, I love Gothic literature and to use some of those as your inspirations to bring about this new version of Lucifer. That's kind of been 
marinating on the back burner for the past two and a half years. Mm-hmm. It feels consistent with what they were trying to. Yes, there were moments where it was stutter stepping throughout this season, but it makes sense when you look all the way back to season 11 when they first brought him back and he right. had that heart to heart with Lucifer or with Chuck. And now they're doing the exact same thing. They're paralleling that with Jack and, and his relationship with his son. It's great. It, it works. And to make a character not be the villain, but maintain his villainous behavior and his unpredictability, this is how you do it. You're not necessarily taking the teeth away. He's still a threat, but you're giving him a reason to behave momentarily. Mm-hmm. And it works in various ways it just it's great i had some issues with this episode overall uh i feel like the editing was off the directing was off which is odd because thomas j wright usually knocks these out the park but there were some moments where i felt like the camera kind of stayed a little too long on certain scenes and it made the action look disjointed it didn't feel like it didn't feel, it didn't feel like the rest of the season where I feel like some of the action sequences have been very well choreographed and that has nothing to do with the stunt coordinator it has to do with how it was captured and how it was edited. They, I felt like th- they should have cut a half a second, maybe about a hundred and a hundred frames or so earlier because it just felt that it was lingering a little too long on some scenes. Also the music, I, I was horrid. The, the meat, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> yeah. And the, usually the score, the guys that do the score, there's two of them. They usually do a pretty damn good job. But th- when they were going through on the buses, getting to the rift, I felt like I was kind of corny. Felt like I was in my freshman year of film yeah, school. Yeah. And my buddy who's trying to be a music composer, like, hey, let me score your shit for you. I can do this really fast. That's, <laughs> it felt like it felt like a film student score. It, it was not good. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, dude, I, was I, trying, I was trying to look for example. I was hoping it was posted someplace so I can play an example. It, it was bad and didn't fit the tone. You're dealing with the exodus of mankind, of, essentially. Yes. And you're playing this weird, upbeat horn. It's odd. Yeah. Very strange. Overall, so what, what do you, what does that narrow it down to you? Um, Lucifer was strong. Mm-hmm. I love what they're doing. C plus C plus for Mike. Yeah. For me, this episode, it it is also a bit of a mixed bag because I enjoyed, as Mike said, so much of what they've done with Lucifer, Eugenie Ross Lemming and Brad Buckner's idea for what they've wanted with him since his reintroduction in season 11. While there have been some missteps does feel pretty cohesive with where they want to take this character. What would he want when he's released from the cage again in a post-apocalyptic where that's not his ultimate goal anymore world. How do you make a character interesting that, you know, by logical definition should be this ultimate evil quote as we've had, and you have to make him more human and they've done a very good job with that. Keeping him true to his personality has been a big aspect of what made him work in these few episodes in these last few seasons. And is absolutely the cornerstone of this episode. His, the way they've woven literature aspects and inspirations into his character into what it could mean for Jack as a decision when they learned that Sam pushed him away essentially 
that could be huge and overarching, not just for Jack at the end of the show with, or with season 13's finale, but moving into season 14, depending on the actions that happen in this very next episode. The, the, the idea between these parental figures trying to do the best for us, but ultimately letting us down in some way, whether that's Castiel, Sam and Dean letting Jack down by pushing away Lucifer and taking that choice away, or whether it's Lucifer on his own, letting him down, letting him down, or whether that's Mary letting Dean down. It's very human. It's very realistic. And I can, I appreciate that all the more for it. Unfortunately, I look at some of the weaker parts of this episode and on the biggest elephant is Gabriel because it feels like, a complete waste to be honest whether that's asmodeus introducing being a character ultimately just to bring back gabriel or gabriel being a character that ultimately only served to kill asmodeus that you've got this ouroboros where it just feeds on itself and had both characters been removed entirely we would have been nowhere different than where we currently are at and that is a big red flag you just didn't need asmodeus or gabriel you didn't need either was, of them yeah they, they could have not even showed up and, who and that hurts dramatically with a character that is so beloved by the fandom for him to come back in a way that just kind of retreads the same ground. I feel like it's a disservice. It is. Gabriel was such a great character and meant so much for the first five seasons. Yeah. And each episode was like not iconic exactly, but, but memorable and perfect to his character. And since then it feels a little bit off. Um, the, alternate Castiel feeling like a last minute addition where they're like, what character could we do? Because I haven't thought of this scene feels like a shame when he could have been a character who had been in it with Michael from the beginning and having an alternate Michael, alternate Cass, alternate Zachariah and Kevin Tran set up as this powerhouse in the beginning of the season that could have been slowly dismantled over the season would have been nice to see. But again, this is just kind of subjective. It felt a little odd. So for me, Lucifer was the highlight. The other aspects, unfortunately, feel rather weak. I give this episode a B minus. So with that, we're going to go to some quick comments from Facebook and then a little bit of speculation as we wrap up getting into the finale then. Let's see. Excuse me. We've got Raina Wakert. I apologize if I ruined your last name. Stop apologizing. You know that I know who you are. (laughs) Yeah, stop apologizing, dude, because like, we already know you're going to fuck yeah. the name up. That, that's like saying, hey, woman, get over here. You know who you are. That's essentially what you <laughs> just said, Thomas. That's not what I said. Wow. That's exactly oh, what you, you just said. Pig. No, it means I know her. She knows uh-huh. who I am. We uh-huh. have conversed. Yeah. And in my yeah. and last names are not as important. I keep trying to They're, push that idea. First names aren't that important either, apparently. Oh. Yeah. Hey, you, woman. That's what you just That's said. That's not what I said That's at all. That's what you said, Thomas. Anyway. And if he has a sexist, too. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I have a dark emptiness about this Asmodeus Gabriel business. I agree they were ripped so quickly from us. I can't help but wonder that there is something more down the line. It just doesn't make sense how their stories ended or if they have actually ended. And we've mentioned that. That seems to be the big aspect in the of this episode she also says that so many things sam saying he'd handle lucifer then following through mary punching lucifer then she has smiling laughing faces to that lucifer talking to jack was bothersome i was cringing at seeing their interaction knowing lucifer had some valid points but he's full of shit alternate castiel reminded me of hitler and lastly gabriel made her cry the death of gabriel wait who said that reina she has two different comments so i just put them together 
Uh, we've got Samantha Levitin says, It was a cool surprise to see an alternate Castiel with a Nazi, Nazi German accent with a new look to him. Nice to see his demise by R. Castiel. I was bummed that Gabriel was killed off for good this time by Michael. I was hoping that Gabe would return with everyone else and head up to heaven to save it. So I wonder if this is the beginning of the end for heaven. Really liked Gabriel's conversation with Lucifer and seeing Mary, Jack, Bobby, and the survivors of the apocalypse cross through to Sam and Dean's world. Also having alternate Bobby give a toast, welcoming the boys to being part of the Hunter family. P.S. This episode was originally entitled Apocalypse Now. It was good that it was changed to Exodus. Made more sense. Yeah, I think it worked far better. Um, Susan Butler says, I hope in the next episode they show someone comforting Jack. It doesn't matter what everyone else thinks of Lucifer. Young Jack just met and then lost his father. Rowena will take care of that. He'll comfort him. (laughs) Jack risked everything to find and save Mary for Sam and Dean, and they repay him by leaving his dad behind. Of course, we all know the horrific things Lucy has done, but Jack doesn't. Is this going to change his feelings towards the brothers? Yeah. And and we've touched on that. That's absolutely going to be the case, I think. Uh, I'm also wondering who the mystery character Jensen will be playing next season. In the event that Michael opens the rift, is Dean going to make a deal with Billy, maybe, to get more powerful by becoming a horseman? War, po- uh, possibly. Far-fetched, I know. I had ah, hoped Susan should be writing. I like that. <laughs> That's the interesting idea. We haven't touched on the horseman besides death. Yeah. Was there another war? Uh, I had hoped that after the conversation between Castiel and Gabriel last episode, Gabriel would come back and help keep the lights on in heaven. But all through Exodus, he seemed sad oh, and shit, despondent. I didn't think about that. Yep. That's. A, that's they, yep. I just thought of that too. Now you're like, you guys fuck. couldn't see it, but Mike just took like a piece of paper, piece of paper and ripped, ripped it, it up and, and got angry and looked like he might poop his pants. What yeah. was the point? What was the point of that of entire sequence? Castiel's then? conversation. Meaningless. Gabriel. Yeah. Unless it's some part of some secret plan See, that we don't know that I, they pull out of their ass. I don't want Gabriel to be dead, but then it's like, holy shit, dude, then you're not dead Then you just threw again. away that thing. Either you threw away... It, there's no good out of this. No, because he should be alive. To fix heaven. But I also don't want him to come back at this point. Because, because then that's just ridiculous. You're just like, oh my god, what is this? All Every single character right now is a new version of themselves. Every character we've had, we have right now in this show, has been dead more than twice. <laughs> <laughs> every major character sam and dean are another level that's fine i get it that's the thing they're the chosen ones but everyone else i'm like holy shit rowena catch bobby mary charlie charlie michael <laughs> it's just everyone's been dead once already yeah. uh I should keep a running tally just hash marks yeah uh, I feel as though he had planned to sacrifice himself all along, so Gabriel got his redemption arc, although it wasn't thrilled with how it ended. But the question is, does Lucifer, does Lucifer deserve redemption? I have no idea, but if he's willing to help Michael open the rift just to get to Jack, then I'd say he's the same selfish Lucifer on the perpetual road to perdition. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully he'll surprise us. All in all, I like this episode very much, especially the bro hug that gets me every time. Oh, yeah. That saves the day. Yeah. Sam and Dean every time. The bro hug. Ashley Mm. Frank says, overall, I enjoyed the episode, but I don't understand why they bothered to bring Gabriel back just to have him killed in basically the same way with the same motivation. Seems like a lot of people are on the same page. With the exception of getting rid of Asmodeus and retconning the Archangel Blade, it served no purpose. They could have told Gabriel backstory with a Monster of the Week run-in with Loki. Or not even have have Loki be in the show. No, just have them run into Loki, and he looks exactly the same, and that's how you explain some of that. Yep. Um, 
I'm a huge fan of Gabriel, so I loved his revival. Unfortunately, it just feels really cheap now. Mm-hmm. See other world Castiel or seeing other world Castiel was interesting, especially showing them doing the same action for a different commander. I'm hoping it turns into something interesting. I think Dab would have been a great director writer back in the Roger Corman days. You know, the exploitation, cheap thrills, and easy, yeah. easy action, <laughs> and the grindhouse cinemas. Yeah, I think uh, he was born about 20 years too late. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Reby says, I like this one, especially the emphasis on character as Jack gets stuck between his adopted fathers and his actual one. Yeah. I also like the plan and wonder if it's intended to commit uh, to comment on the world's current refugee crisis. Although, don't worry, I'm not going to get all political on you. Oh, I like that type of stuff. It is interesting. It, It is directly correlated to stuff that we have going on today, which good writing usually is. Uh, but I'm. Are really... you a refugee if your wife kicks you out of the house and you have nowhere to go? <laughs> if so, are I'm you told... asking for a friend? Look at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> uh, she says, but I am really starting to wonder about the writers continually bringing stuff up back up over the last two seasons, only to discard the item or the character. It has happened so often that it's looking like a pattern. The Alpha, the Tablets and Donatello, the Colt, the Yellow-Eyed Demons, and now Gabriel. It's like they're they're bringing our favorite childhood toys out of the attic and reminding us of how much we enjoyed them, then breaking them in front of our faces. This needs to stop. And I mean, it does definitely feel like they're bringing things back in order to wrap them up. And we kind of said that in the beginning of, or in season 12 as a bridge season. Maybe dab is taking out all his aggression for being picked on in school on like the audience. He's like, he's like, Oh, you guys are the ones that picked That's on me. Not in how school. He talks, now, you guys are the ones that picked on me. In school, <laughs> now I'm going to fuck with your favorite show. While God. I eat hot pockets. <laughs> That's <what> <laughs> you guys suck. She has a fair point though, about these things coming up just to be, thrown away i don't know if they're deliberately breaking in them them in front of our face but i i do agree with the idea that they shouldn't be coming back just to be my father removed. broke my toys i'm gonna break everybody else's toys jeez oh, all right uh john taylor says okay guys i have to ask what the hell was the point of asmodeus especially looking at how gabriel's arc went down just an odd storyline. It seems like everyone, let's one more. What, it seems like everyone's here. saying the exact same thing. Cheryl Dickens Peterson says, so without the Winchesters to stop the apocalypse, not only does the world go to hell, but they don't influence Castiel. Is this his true personality? Mm. Interesting. Interesting idea. I do think the characters in this are supposed to be different, if not 100% different. They're right. not 100% the same. So maybe it's more of Cass had he never questioned and been more militant 100%. So, yeah, ultimately, I think that the consensus is the same thing. Why? It seems like a lot of people are having the same problems. <laughs> Why with Asmodeus and Castiel? People. Such interesting concepts overall. But, yeah, we've only got one episode left of uh-huh. season 13 to wrap things up. And if we have anything to go off of with the end of season 12, it's that it's going to be a punch to the feels, I think. Right in the penis. There's a lot of concern and, and I'm questions. And they're going to make money of toys, too. <laughs> There's a lot of concern over the idea of who Jensen could be playing in season 14 and will that come into light or be a cliffhanger in this episode coming up? I'm going to laugh when it's nothing important and it's just a thing just to get people excited. They're like, oh, here it is. And you're like, oh, it's a one-off episode. Cool. I have a theory that it might be Michael to some way possessing Dean. I hope it's dad. We're like, ah, now I'm in a good looking body. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
<laughs> all right, all right, we're gonna wrap it up here. I'm, I'm getting you. <laughs> I'm in I'm finding her sex I'm in with a woman. Okay, stop. <laughs> stop, dude. I'm gonna live vicariously through through Dean. We Dean, to. Dean's penis. Come on, right. ladies, get some photo ops. We're gonna wrap it up here. This has gone way too long. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change these photo ops to sex ops. <laughs> There's. <laughs> There's just one episode left of season Sit thirteen. Tight. Sit tight. Tommy, and, don't cut me out, Thomas. God damn it. Sit tight. Open wide. I mean, smile. <laughs> oh, God. Cheese. You want to be big spoon or little spoon? There's the camera. Say cheese. Wait, did somebody say cheese? <laughs> One episode left before Helatus, before our season 13 retrospective as a whole. And I think we're about ready for that. We'll see you all next week. The Crossroads video cast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek out, all available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. <laughs>